What's up, everyone, and welcome back to Hot Take, where I, along with my co-host Nat and Lawrence, give you our hottest takes on all things NBA. But, however, for tonight, it'll just be myself and Nat. Nat, um, Nat, don't What's say up? anything. I just want to ask, how you doing, bro? How's everything? Over the last few days, how, how how's everything? Been? <laughs> I've been good. Um, obviously, today is Monday. No NBA games, so I was like, you know, let's uh, let's let's. Uh, Record something. Let's meet up and record something. So I'm glad we are doing but, that tonight. I'm also glad that we're doing this tonight because I feel like we owe it to the people who do listen to us. Because on the last podcast, I said that because you know, if people who don't who haven't listened to it yet, uh, you were able to go to the game seven in Brooklyn. You know, <laughs> Nets versus Bucks. And last last yeah. podcast, I was like, you know, um, the first thing we're gonna do at the top of the show. Is interview you after the Bucks beat the Nets, and here we are <laughs> interviewing you after the, oh my the gosh. Bucks beat the Nets. I mean, yeah. hey, you know, I just <laughs> it's a lot to unpack for that for that night. A lot to unpack. Yeah. Okay, let, let's start. Let's start from the tops. First of all, you walk in. You're in the arena. What's the vibe like? Because if I'm not mistaken, when you compare your the first time you went to Barclays to this time, yeah, was the vibe different? Was it more energetic? Like, what was the the vibe to you? Well, yeah. So, so obviously, right now it's different times with with um, the protocols and COVID um, restrictions being lighter and and lifted. Um, a lot more people in the in the building. Obviously, even getting in was tough because like I was like bumping shoulder to shoulder with everyone in the hallway. Um, but obviously you know, playoff basketball, it's a whole different vibe and just feeling it going into the arena was, was insane. I mean, even from the moment of like going, getting to my seat and seeing like the freaking towel on the chair, like that itself, I was like, Oh shoot, this is real. Like, this is going to be like a, a crazy, crazy game. Um, and obviously the energy just was constantly going up and up and up to the overtime, which we'll talk about later. But um, at first it was like, wow, I'm back, but it's different. And I'm glad it's different. So my first, my first question is: Did you see Beyonce? Did you see Man, Queen B? Oh, uh, I wish I did, because because actually I think when they, when they were there for game one, they were in like my like in that section like where I was at like just in front, but no, I didn't see Beyonce. I was kind of bummed out. I thought she would be there, but I saw Travis Scott. Ugh, whatever. <laughs> in that same in that, <laughs> so in that same no, spot. <laughs> no Queen B. No Hove. No, 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 no Jay Z. No, Travis Scott was there. Although, although I did see her, like her was in the building. You know, the artist, her. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Close enough, right? To not nah, really, but yeah. they're, they're both. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> There's some level, right? Um, yeah. I mean, aside from that, I mean, any other famous people in your vicinity? <laughs> uh, um, you know. For people who there didn't was, see your IG stories, <laughs> there was, um, by the way, Eli Manning. He was also in the building. Um, the Yankees, okay. Aaron Judge and his crew. I forgot who. I don't watch baseball, but Aaron Judge was there with his other teammates as well. Um, but in my vicinity, so surprisingly enough, in my section, I don't know why it wasn't courtside, but was famous actor, comedian, celebrity Jason Sudeikis, and hey. and at first, all right, let me just real quick just like bring it up back a little bit. At first, we didn't know that it was him. So, so when he gets to, he's with his like four friends. They they get to their spots in front of me and my dad. Really, like right in front of us, like the seat in front of us. He's wearing a red hat, bucket hat. You can't see his face. He's standing up, and it's like 
first quarter, like five minutes in, he's standing up. And, you know, dad and I are watching the game and like they're blocking our view. And like they're up for a while. So we're like dodging him, like going this way, trying to see, going that way, trying to see. And then like after a while, he's like, he's like, oh, I'm sorry that we're blocking your 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 view, right? But like I was watching, so I didn't really nice care. Because at, at first I was like, I don't know who like at first I was like, all right, some random dude's talking to my dad. I don't care. Like I'm watching the game, whatever, right? So he goes to my dad and says, Hey, I'm sorry, I'm blocking your way. I'm standing up and all that stuff. And then my and then my dad, who doesn't know who he is, doesn't know who he is, he goes, Oh, sorry, man, don't worry about it. <laughs> so 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 like obviously like like i'm not i'm not tuned into what they're saying to each other but my dad just like waves it off as if it's like just like some like random person right they finally sit down and like i'm watching jason turns his head to me and like that my my area i see his face and i'm like oh my god that's him that's you know that's sudeikis and then i'm like dad do you know who that is and then he goes like no and i was like Oh, okay, so I, I had to explain to him who he was, what he was in, and then like soon, soon enough, there he's on the jumbotron like after the third quarter, and then like my dad's like hyped and all that stuff, and we'll talk about later what happens with him, but but yeah, at first we thought it was some rando in a bucket hat, in a red bucket hat, but that, then it's actually right. the uh, dad from With the Millers, so that was that was pretty awesome. So, <laughs> so apparently, all it takes, you know, to to be in disguise as a celebrity. It's just a bucket hat. That's all you need. Yeah, yeah. Basically, it's like Clark Kent with the eyeglasses. That's it. That's all it takes. <laughs> oh, also, by the way, quick thing. Um, at, at halftime, I saw Andrew Garfield go up the stairs, like near my section. He was wearing a mask oh. though. So okay. So yeah, it was it, it was it was crazy. Bucket hat, mask. Was trying to hide their identity, but you know, don't want to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty. Okay, so let's let's talk about the game. Yeah. You're sitting there. Describe the first the first three quarters of the game. What was okay, it like so watching? It's it's funny because like the the first three quarters I was watching the game, but I didn't look at the score all that much. Like when I was watching the game, like I'm seeing like KD keep scoring and um, you know, like Middleton missing their shots, Drew Holiday Drew Holiday missing his shots, and I'm like, man, this is like a pretty like good game for, for Brooklyn, for KD. And then halftime, they're only up six. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, like my fault for now, like keeping up with the, with the scoreboard, but I'm like, man, this is a like, pretty close game. And then like, you know, obviously like every time Brooklyn scores, the crowd just goes nuts. But I mean, third, third quarter, that's when the Bucks started to get their momentum. They uh, regained the lead. And then like, we were all like intense. Um, but I mean, more so in the fourth quarter, like, you know, like we were like right. sitting down for the first three quarters, like just chilling, like watching the game back and forth or whatever. Um, every time someone would go for a three on Brooklyn, we'd have people stand up and raise the three like this. Like everyone would just stand, just, you know, hold up the three and hopefully it goes in. But fourth quarter, literally everyone stood up, didn't sit down. No one sat down in the fourth quarter. Like we were all standing up. Um it seemed like and it. obviously that moment, yeah, yeah, yeah. That moment that we'll you know probably discuss later was insane. But but yeah, first, first three quarters were, were just fun because you're seeing Katie just go off, um, and then like you like because actually in our section um, we have we had the Bucks play their no no sorry we had um, the Bucks play that side of the floor the right side of the floor where we were so you're seeing like Giannis and this big body. But, 
I'm surprised about Brooke Lopez. Like that dude is huge. Like you see him in TV, yeah. but he's actually huge in real life. Like that, that dude's a monster. He's a giant. Yeah, he really is. And um, I was just, I was amazed by like Giannis seemed skinnier in person, but I mean that's probably just because I'm far away from him. But right. I, I mean, just 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 seeing everyone go off first three quarters and then fourth quarter, it's like literally like neck and neck. Uh, it's just like energy was just so crazy that that night. I can't even like explain it because it was just too too much for me. You know, were you one of the ones, or were you part taking part with the rest of the those in attendance counting Giannis's free throws? Yes, like the the seconds. I, I mean, the, <laughs> the, the timer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So for the first couple of free throws, um, it was pretty like the the chanting, the counting wasn't that loud. It was, only, it was only like a few people doing it. But then like as it kept going along, everyone started to join in and join in and join in. <laughs> and it was just too loud. And for the record, a lot of people were saying on Twitter that the crowd, like our the next crowd was like counting too fast. I don't think we were. Like it was it was a pretty consistent 10 seconds. Yeah, um, it seemed it seemed about right to me. But but also I think Giannis is waiting for the 12 count each time. Because he would pull it at twelve every single time, right? Right. So I mean, hey, like, and and dude, like the the refs didn't have the whistle in their mouths; they were just like letting him do it. I'm like, why aren't you calling this? Like, <laughs> it's 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 blatantly clear that like he's violating the 10 second rule. But but yeah, it was hilarious. What was it like when he airballed? And every time he airballed, <laughs> I think he did it at least twice. At least twice he airballed. So that that first airball, I didn't know it was gonna happen. Obviously, like I just pulled up my phone. I was just like, huh, like, let's see what, what he does. Will he miss? Will he make it? <laughs> and, 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 you know, soon enough, he airballs it and everyone just starts losing it. They laugh. My dad's cracking up because he never seen it. He's, he's like, this is game seven. Like, what are you doing? Um, and then, and then um, I, at the fourth quarter, I'm not sure if they showed it on, on the broadcast, but the fourth quarter, when he goes for his free throws again, like he actually like nods at the crowd for like being that loud, being that you know funny with with you know, making fun of him. He was like, after he missed right, that right. one, I forget when, but it was just oh, uh, like yeah, I think he your Miami Heat fans for doing that first, but we we blew up to a whole <laughs> other level, you know. I think in the fourth quarter he airballed the first one, made the second one. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Before we get to to the main part of the game, right? I just want to talk a little bit about my perspective watching from home because you know I watched mm-hmm. I watched the the entire the entire thing, and yeah. from from what I'm watching, I'm just like, what is what is Milwaukee doing? Like there's, I feel like there was so many instances where they could have taken advantage, you know? Yeah, for sure, definitely like ran the court. I don't know what was wrong with Drew Holiday. Uh, PJ Tucker, you know, he fouls out. Like, I'm like, mm-hmm. what is going on? Like, it's not, it's not looking up. Um, Milwaukee had like somewhat of a lead in the fourth quarter. I think they were up 109, 105. That's what the score was. 109, mm-hmm. 105. Milwaukee was up by, f- by four, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And then I think I texted you and Lawrence. There was a, maybe just like a shade over a minute left. And I was like, you know, I said, okay, let me let me just fast forward a little bit. Basically, uh, then the Nets cut down the lead to, to I think to two points. Yeah, I think it was one hundred nine, yeah. one hundred seven. Um, Brooklyn was coming out of a timeout. In the timeout, I texted you and Lawrence, and I was like, "Katie's gonna win it. Katie's gonna win it." <laughs> now, after the timeout, you see KD gets the ball. He's at the top of the key. You know he's going to do a little spin 
near the three-point line to try to game it. Mm-hmm. He takes that shot. It goes in. Barclay Center goes absolutely berserk. In that yes. moment, did you know it was a two-pointer or did you believe it was a three-pointer? Great question. So I knew it was a two because I was looking at his feet. But I think the whole crowd thought it was a three or like, you know, most of the crowd. My dad right. thought it was a three. Um, right. But either way, like, you know, it's something to go crazy over because he ties the game or yes. or brings them up one. You know, either way, it's something to right. celebrate for sure. But, you know, like we've seen the memes now, like he's literally like a shoe size smaller. They would have won that game or, you know, but oh, my gosh, that moment was deafening. Like, I can't say this like <laughs> like any differently, like. The, like, I've never been part of like a game seven, game tie or game winning shot like that, but in person. But that was just like, man, like the build, the building was shaking, the building was shaking, fans were jumping up. Um, I also realized that being in a in a stadium or in an arena for a game, like you kind of make friends around you. So right. so when so when that shot went in, like I was high fiving news that I had never met before, I'd never seen before. But we were just hype in the moment and we just had that camaraderie where I was like, you know what, high five you, high five you, high right. five Jason. You know, I was like spread I was like, this is crazy. Right? Yeah, yeah, spread germs, right? Right. And and it's crazy. <laughs> I'm like I was I was like, yo, let's go. And then like all that. I'm like, wow. Like this is an experience that that I'll never even like forget, you know? I think the highlight of that shot when KD hits that game tying shot the the highlight for me was your dad high fiving and hitting Jason Sudeikis <laughs> and Jason Sudeikis giving it right back. That was classic. No, also, also, what's funny is that Jason was like doing his own celebrating, and my dad just like taps him on the shoulder like to get his attention. Like he didn't even like turn to my dad. Jason was like back towards him. My dad just like right. just like just taps him on the shoulder just to like you know like be involved. It was hilarious. Like right. the balls he had just to even like you know tap him <laughs> on the shoulder just just to get a reaction out of him was crazy. And, J- and Jason That's was willing awesome, to even like you know like willing to give it back. I was like, oh, this is crazy. Get look got on camera. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> down to earth guy seems like down to earth guy for sure for sure. Um, and then of course we we'll, you know we we know the outcome where it goes into overtime. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still a really, really close game. And then to me, in my in my opinion, there was a couple key stretches for the Bucks. One was in regulation, towards the end of regulation. All of a sudden, Drew Holiday, who had been playing absolutely garbage, right, goes off for four points, like four big points out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I think he like made he two threes like, as well, right? Didn't he make two threes? Yes, yes, you're right, actually, yeah. 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 And then um, he had the, the little two-pointer on the baseline. Yep. Um and like I thought that was wild. The entire time, like leading up until, you know, like the Nets just keep fighting back, keep fighting back. Bucks are making stupid mistakes. Like um Giannis instead of taking it to the rim, he passes it off to Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lo- DKD ties up Brooke Lopez. And I'm mm-hmm. like, Brooke, you're you're seven foot like one, bro. <laughs> like like just keep your hands up and try to get something off. You're gonna get the foul call. <laughs> <laughs> and I was so mad, like, especially at the end of regulation, I'm like, get Drew Holiday out of there. He's not doing anything anymore. I'm like, mm-hmm. what is Brooke Lopez still doing in the game? But then yeah. Brooke Lopez has one of the biggest blocks of the entire game <laughs> on KD. Yep. yep. I know. But, I but, dude, but dude, also, also, that block results in James Harden or Jeff Green getting the ball, passing it to Joe Harris for an open three. And he misses it. 
Yes. Like, like the the crowd is like hyped that he's gonna make it, and then when he misses, we're all yep. like, oh. And then like yeah. you know, obviously the rest is history. But that I want to know. Crazy block. I feel bad for Joe Harris because this entire series, you know, he's been non-existent, and mm-hmm. I feel like he's the type of person where he's gonna let that eat at him the entire, you know, off season. Yeah. Because think about it, you're you're paired up with all these superstars. The thought is that you are going to have all the open shots in the world. All you have to do is hit them. And all series long, he just couldn't hit them. And when it mattered most, he still couldn't hit it. I wanted to, man, all props to KD. I think he proved, you know, two years removed from a torn Achilles, Mm -hmm. that he is the best scorer, the best basketball player in the NBA today. Yeah. I mean, in you, although albeit in a losing effort to play, you know, fifty plus minutes, dropping forty nine points, mm-hmm. you know, doing literally everything he can, and the fact that he was maybe half a shoe shot, like shoe size too big from being yep. in the NBA, you know, potentially in the NBA Finals, because I mean, who knows mm-hmm. what would happen in the Conference Finals? About that, so there was an article that that was like uh, referenced last night. KD purposefully wears a shoe size bigger than his shoe, um, than his actual shoe size, because uh, something right. to do with like the the lightweight and like him moving around, and if it falls off, he can easily just slip it on again. So that kind of like you know bites him right. in the butt essentially. Right. Um, wait, wait, hold on. Also, a, a quick few things that I want to talk about to get on my chest from that game. Um, number one, uh, Brooke Lopez not knowing that there was two seconds left in their possession before KD makes that shot. Oh my goodness. Like, yeah. like you, that's you when I got see, mad at him. I was so yeah. mad. You could see Chris Middleton, like, like blatantly, like, you know, like getting mad at, at Brooke Lopez. Yeah. And it's just funny. Cause like, he's always on the perimeter. Like, why are you in the perimeter? Like I would see him during the game. Like he's, he's in the perimeter, just squatting down with his hands next to his head, like waiting for that, for that pass for a three. I'm like, get your butt down to the, down the block. I'm like, what are you doing? Right. Nobody's gonna um, stop him down there, right? Right, and also Drew Holiday had five fouls. Like you, you couldn't try to at least attempt to get him fouled out. If he fouled out, he he would have not had locked up KD, not have made those clutch shots. You know, but I'm, right. I'm guessing it's it's harder said than done. Is that the right? right? Yeah, it's, easier it's said hardest. than done. Yeah, 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 easier said than done. Right. So I was like, man, like if he was not playing for that game, I mean, no, the rest of that game, different story entirely. Um, and then also just, just James Harden, man. Like, I guess it, everyone's right where he just doesn't show up in, you know, the biggest moments. Like I was, I was wrong to assume he wouldn't with this team, but it, it carried through. And I was like, man, he missed a lot of open shots too, that we were all hoping he would, he would make, you know? Right. I mean, he was five for 17. He had 22 points, <laughs> yeah. but you know, th- this brings me to my next point. Like, you know me and how I feel about James Harden. And, like, I want to be, like, the first one to be, like, you know, he brought this on himself, you know, this, that, and the other thing. Mm-hmm. But my thing is, is, like, if the Nets were completely healthy, they definitely would have won. Yeah. Hands down. Kyrie, a healthy <laughs> James Harden. Because even though, like, James Harden, you know, he seemed to be moving a little bit better, you can mm-hmm. still tell that the hamstring was bothering him. Like, hamstring, hamstrings are so tricky. And then on top of that, like yeah. – Heavy, heavy minutes. I think that plays a major factor. And I think the other thing that a lot of people don't take into account is that with a hamstring injury, all that time that he did miss, you can't be like working out and everything like that. So you, it was obvious that he gained some weight. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course you're going to be fatigued and whatnot. So I feel like if, if they were healthy, they would be in the Eastern Conference Finals right now. For sure. Um, I give props to, to KD because in an elimination game, he proved like he truly is the best player. Like he was mm-hmm. legitimately unstoppable. He made yeah. every big shot that they needed him to make. I give props to James Harden because he was trying to play through, you know, a significant injury. Right. Um, but I, I this this kind of brings me to you know let's let's actually go to the next to the next series because last night we saw Hawks Sixers. Um, I believe you know Sixers were up majority of the game. You're having a bad game from Trey Young, especially in the first half. Terrible game, <laughs> first three quarters. Like he was absolutely horrendous. Right, right. How are you? How is the best player on the opposing team not playing well? And on top of that, Bogdanovich wasn't even playing. Yes. Yes. And you still lose. <laughs> you still lose. No, but but beyond, like to be honest though, the the turning point is Ben Simmons. Like when he doesn't make that dunk cuz he's he's right in front of the rim. I think I think it was uh, Jim Jackson who was who was you know, broadcasting that game. And he said, you know, like, instead of passing that up, you miss out on a potential three points, you know, uh, yeah. dunk and one. And then instead, instead you got one from, from uh, Tybal. So that could yeah. have easily like get, get, given you the lead and given you that momentum. Oh, he for just sure. Blew it, you know, and, oh, <laughs> I mean, credit, credit to, to Trey Young, who, who made that crazy, lo- almost logo shot to bring him up. I think yeah. four, I believe. Yeah. But, you know, he was cold the whole game, and then you know when when clutch time came, made when that it mattered. shot. When it mattered, right? And oh, he he is a true villain, and I I'm here for it. I counted them out. For, I agree completely. You know, I, I counted them out. You and Lawrence apparently did not, and and now I'm I'm I'm, I'm wrong here. I've got friends who I've named, who I made fun of for choosing the Hawks and Suns to to you know to go right. to the finals or being the be this close, and now they're making fun of me for it. Right. So so I gotta own up to that. <laughs> So let me let me start with let me start with the the hawk side because actually no let me start with the Philly side Philly side everybody of course right now like you have to give props to Joel Embiid because he literally carried his team on one leg he carried his team yep. um, on top of that <laughs> I, in my honest opinion like I've heard I was thinking You're about speechless. this last night I'm speechless. You got lots of words my first thought my first thought last night before like all these analysts and stuff like that we're talking about it today. My first thought was get Ben Simmons out of Philadelphia. Get him a change of scenery. See, see, but you can't anymore. He's lost trade value, in my opinion. What do you think? I mean, I mean, do people want Ben Simmons now? Do teams want Ben Simmons? Man, After that, anybody in this league is tradable. Look at that, the horrendous contract that Al Horford had. And he's been traded, what, three times in the last year? True. And True. Th- th- this, is, this is what made me think of it. All right. The, the, this is my logic. Markel Fultz was the number one overall pick in the 2017 NBA draft. Mm -hmm. He joined the Philadelphia 76ers to help turn that franchise around. In the process, they tried to fix his shot. Fix his shot. Even though he had a decent enough shot throughout college to help him get drafted number one overall. And everybody, like, saw it. You know, he got injured. Everybody was making fun of him because he was, like, tweaking at the free throw line where, like, he would just, like, glitch you know, and like right. everybody's like, that's not mechanical, that's mental. And he's clearly mental with Markel Fultz. But look what happened when he came to Orlando, especially this season. Because if you remember, at the beginning of the season, Orlando Magic was one of the unbeaten teams left. Mm-hmm. And Markel Fultz 
was playing extremely, extremely well. And if he had not gotten injured, I think he could have made a case for most improved player. He could have made a case for, you know, perhaps even an all-NBA team, maybe third team, whatever the case is. But you saw that a change of scenery, a place where there's there's less expectations of you, gave him an opportunity to flourish in Orlando. If mm-hmm. Ben Simmons stays in Philly, I don't care what Ben Simmons says. If he's like, oh, I got this, you know, I, I'll own up to my mistakes. You know, I got to do better. I got to do better. I'm going to do this. I'm going to make these changes. It's not going to work because it's still mental. You can say all yeah. the right things, but you saw it in that game last night. You pass up a wide open dunk. <laughs> that's mental. That's that's <laughs> completely mental. Like I know, like you're. It's it's an elimination game. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't be getting fancy. You know, like it was a nice pass. But I mean, you're the second best player on your team. Like you're six ten. You should dunk that. You have the ability to dunk it on somebody. You should take it. Yeah. So he was just scared to get fouled, I, I, man. You know, it's <laughs> but it's weird because like it's not like oh actually let me actually no I'm wrong. I was gonna say he didn't shoot terribly last night from the free throw line, but throughout the course of the series he shot thirty two percent, which is yeah. the worst in NBA postseason history. <laughs> and on top of that. The, the, my case for why it's mental, over the course of the last three games, you score 19 points combined. 19? Garbage. And you're the second best player <laughs> on your team? <laughs> and then, like, what, what makes me feel bad for him is after the game, somebody asks Doc Rivers, mm-hmm. can Ben Simmons be the point guard on a championship team? And he said, I, I can't answer that right now. You know how demoralizing that is to hear as a player <laughs> that your coach doesn't even believe in you anymore? And the fact that your teammate, Ben mm-hmm. Joel Embiid, was asked, like, what was the turning point? And he was like, well, I think the turning point was – and, like, he's hesitating. He's like, "Yeah, I, I don't know how to say it, but we gave up mm-hmm. an open dunk and we got one point from it. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, clearly he was talking about what you were talking about with – with Ben Simmons, right? But but going back to Doc though, isn't that kind of warranted though? Like he's just being honest, and and it's it's fully understandable though. Like where he's coming from, I get it. He's a coach; he should have more faith in his players. But I mean, like you can't ignore like what's in front of you. And like like I said in the last podcast that we did, we we had a similar discussion about Ben Simmons being on a championship team. Like you need a shot in this league, and he has he doesn't have a shot. So I don't think that he can probably you know like he doesn't deserve to be a champion just yet. He has to elevate his game be mentally prepared, mentally focused, mentally, you know, developed to, to truly be like a killer or like a closer or, or you know, a finisher on the, you know, on the court. And um, it, it speaks volumes what Doc said. Like, I, I had no problem with, with what Doc said. Like, it, it's, it, two it's, things. it's a, the honest truth, you know? Two, two things. The reason why I had an issue with Doc saying what he said was because you go back, like, throughout the course of the season – he was constantly standing up for Ben Simmons. He's our point guard. No, I'm not taking him out. That's my right. point guard. Okay. I'm not taking him out. And then the game where you lose an elimination game where it makes him as a coach look bad because you give up back-to-back, you know, double-digit huge deficits to lose the game. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, you're like, no, yeah, he can't, you know, I don't know. I can't answer that. Like, to <laughs> me, like, I understand that a lot of the blame goes on the on the players, but at some point, blame also has to go on the coaching where how is it in game Definitely. five and in game yeah. six, you give up or game four, game five, you give up like nine, eight, you know, 18 point lead, 26 point lead. Like that mm-hmm. doesn't make sense to me. And then there was reports I was listening to, I think it was Bill Simmons podcast where 
uh, historically, <laughs> the Podfather, um, <laughs> Doc Rivers, like he doesn't. I'm paraphrasing, but it's not like conditioning is a priority, and which is what you mm-hmm. saw with the Clippers last year. You know how they they lost in Game Seven, like they just didn't have anything left. You saw it with the last three games with the Philadelphia 76ers, where it's like the second half they're a completely different team, like they're just completely yeah. gassed. Mm-hmm. So that that makes me wonder. And then like on top of that, you know, to your point about Ben Ben Simmons not having a shot, like you see it in practice and like practice videos where he he's putting up jumpers. It was the same thing with Markel Fultz, where like. You know, he's putting up jumpers, but for whatever reason in Philly, it's like he was too afraid to take the shot. But then you see him go to Orlando, you know, he has a nice mid-range game. Yeah. So, like, my thinking is, like, put Ben Simmons elsewhere. Let him do what he does best. Let him do, like, little 12-foot, you know, jump hooks or whatever the case is. And obviously, mm-hmm. of course, blame has to go on Ben Simmons where you're you're an, an quote-unquote elite NBA player. Look at Giannis. Every year he's adding something new to his game. Look at LeBron. Yeah. He's been in the league 17 years. He's still doing something to improve himself. Chris Paul, he's not just relying on his God-given talents. He's trying to improve himself in some way, shape, or form. Ben Simmons, you have to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Get right. over that mental block. Get over that mental you know, hump just so that you can put up a free throw. <laughs> you know, Hit a, a See, 12-foot jumper. But also, like, you would see Giannis airballing his free throws and then just, like, make yes. up for it, you know, like, with other moves, with other yes. plays on the other end. You see Ben, like, he's just scared the whole time. Um, but going back to, like, what you said about Ben, like, if if you think Ben needs to go somewhere else to flourish, does he then belong or not belong in Philly? He doesn't belong in Philly. Okay. Okay. So, let me sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> going back to Giannis, you know, your point about Giannis yeah, he couldn't hit free throws, but there's a couple times where like he had like little elbow jumpers where like they were giving yeah. him that space to take the jumper and he was taking it. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie, I was like, you know, on the edge of my seat, kind of like grimacing, like, oh my god, <laughs> is this gonna how bad is yeah. this gonna be? And like it goes in, I'm like, oh thank god. Um <laughs> But you but know it's what? That, like, it's that mental toughness, like like yes. I, I'm not doing well here, so I'll be better here, like in that in, in this area of my game. Or like, yeah. I'm not, you know, helping my team. I got to help my team now because it's game seven. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yes. like what, what Shaq said, like, like step up, you know, like just step up and you know, like you're down, you know, pretty bad. Like, you know, just have that will to just be better and help your team out. But I didn't have that. So, but I think the, the most eye opening thing about the Philadelphia Hawks series is that the Hawks are a legitimate finals contender. They have all the pieces. They have all the pieces. They have the coaching. They have the weapons. They have the depth. Red Velvet going off for like, what, 24 points? The others, man. That's important. That's important now. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Supporting role. Mm Mm-hmm. Red Velvet. I mean, I think, you know, they gave it like a... Isn't it it Kayvon? You see that? Isn't it Kayvon now? (laughs) It's it's not Kevin. It's Kayvon. (laughs) Kayvon. Red Velvet, baby. Um... (laughs) You know, what what I learned about the Hawks in this series, more so than the Knicks series, is that number one, or two things that I took away from from the Nets Bucks series, I have no faith whatsoever in the Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> because outside of Giannis, Drew, and Middleton, you're not Middleton's getting there. scoring from anywhere else. Yeah. You're not getting like consistent effective scoring from anywhere else 
the Hawks proved to me that at every single position, they are a threat, both starting five and coming off the bench. Those guys roll deep. Mm-hmm. Trey Young can go off. Bogdanovich can go off. Gallinari can go off. John Collins is dunking on Joel Embiid. Yeah. And they're wearing the shirt of it, you know, <laughs> at the post-game conference. Clint yeah. Capella's not afraid of anybody. And then you have guys like Kevin Herter coming off the bench. Or, you know, Lou Will even making a couple of appearances here and there. And then you're not yes. even playing with what a, the, potentially your best 3 and D guy in DeAndre Hunter. Mm-hmm. Is you he know, out for the playoffs? Or... I'm not sure the, the okay. length of it. I mean, they're winning. I mean, I would, you know, save him. Save him, yeah. you know, until you absolutely need him. And mm-hmm. then, you know, you you and Lawrence mentioned the last podcast, you know, you yourself actually, you mentioned how you like the flashes that you saw from Kongu. Mm-hmm. Um good defender. I don't know if you I don't know if you and Lawrence know about Kongu. You know who he is? No. Who he was in high school? No idea. No idea. He played high school basketball with Perhaps the most famous three brothers to ever play basketball. Oh no way! Are you serious? Yeah, he he's from, from Chino Hills. Hills. That's oh, why shoot. he graduated. He went to USC because he st- wow. he wanted to stay local. Yeah, <laughs> big and baller like, right um, there. <laughs> coming into the draft, I think I mentioned it actually. Uh, you know, at the beginning of the season, we were talking about the draft picks. Yeah, mm-hmm. because he had comparisons to Bam Adebayo. Like his skill set is similar to what Bam had coming out of college. Does so, he have that heat culture in him, or uh, he definitely has heat culture, man? It's, it's instilled in him. Man, I think and a lot of people like do. what's scary. <laughs> what's scary is like he's you know the 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 team that he has around him. He's only going to get better. Yeah, you know, he has a bright future ahead of him. The Hawks, as an organization, have a bright future ahead of them. I would keep Nate McMillan. Like, don't let him go for sure. You know, Great sign coach. him. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I can't wait for Bucks Hawks. I'm gonna call. I'm just gonna say my piece right here. <laughs> I, I think it could potentially be a six or seven game series. Okay. And I wouldn't be. I would not be shocked if the Hawks win it. I would not be shocked. No, 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 no. Call it right now. Call it with confidence. Say, say your team and how many games they're gonna win it in. Uh, we gotta have it on the record here. I got Hawks in seven. Seven again? Okay. Yeah, Hawks in seven. Let me get. Let me get Bucks in six. Just to spite you. Bucks in six. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll see how that turns out. We'll we'll revisit that when that comes back. Let's move quickly to the Western Conference. Um, oh, what game a snooze seven. fest! What a snooze you know, fest! Like, I, I would agree with you, but the fact that they were up by what twenty five points was it 25, <laughs> The Jazz. Like, the jazz, remember, yeah. I called it. I called it in the last podcast. I was like, the Jazz are going to win as long as you know Donovan Mitchell plays. As long as Mike Conley plays, and Jordan Clarkson is gonna ha- is gonna go off, and what happened? Jordan Clarkson went off. He dropped twenty two points in the first half. He disappeared in the <laughs> they, second they half, lost. but still, they lost. But what? still, like yeah, they <laughs> lost. But still, I called it. I called. I called a big Jordan Clarkson game. Um, I I also called Rudy Gobert. I'm telling you, like some he uh, he was being picked apart in that game. I'm telling you, like he is not that guy. Like, he's not. AD, Giannis, and B don't get hunted on switches from point guards or, or guards in general. Yeah. That one's getting hunted like every single time. This is where I got mad. I got mad at Rudy Gobert. I got mad at Quinn Snyder. The Jazz were running a box one defense. 
where the point mm-hmm. guard or the you know the guard guards whoever has the ball and the rest of the players are in a box. They right. ran that play like three or four times back to back defensively, and every single time the Clippers went to the same move, Terrence Mann on the corner, and what did they do? They kicked to him for the three. That happened like two or three times, like back to back. I'm like, are you kidding? And Rudy Gobert, what does he do? He's so late to rotate over. I'm like, bro, you know it's coming. Like, go, go do something. I was getting so mad with Rudy. As a, mm-hmm. oh man, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't. That game was, I didn't know. I mean, I couldn't blame Donovan because he's not 100%. He's still balled out, yeah. you know, for being So was Conley. Um, apparently now there's there's talks that uh, Bogdanovich is hurt. You know, he was hurt. Oh, really? Conley was hurt. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Royce O'Neal was a no-show. Joe Ingles was a no-show. The but bench. Terrence and Mann, yo, who would have thought Terrence Mann would have stepped up? That's insane. What do you have, 39, 40, something? I think so. 30, 34, 40, around that range, yeah. Something like that. My goodness. I, I didn't see you. Come, but, but you know what? A lot of his points were just hustle points, getting offensive yeah. rebounds, and like nobody was stopping him. And on top of that, you're leaving him open in the corner. That's warm-up <laughs> jump shots. Rudy, yeah. what are you doing, man? <laughs> come on, bro. That was so annoying. Oh, my gosh. You know, the Jazz, the Jazz definitely lost that game, no matter how. I know they were up big. But, mm-hmm. man, what a terrible way to go out. I feel bad for Donovan Mitchell, but if you're going to play like that, and like I feel like they played panicked in the second half. They played rushed because the Clippers were coming back. So they were putting up, like, crappy, crappy mm-hmm. shots. Yeah. Just terrible plays. Silly turnovers. It was just really bad all around. Just like the, mm-hmm. just like the Sixers. Sixers choked. They panicked. Sloppy plays all around, you know, just yeah. giving up the ball, turning it over here and there. It was just really bad all around. Um, and then let's talk about last night, Jazz oh. versus Suns. I mean, not Jazz. <laughs> Clippers Suns versus Suns. Yeah, yeah. When you saw the final score and you saw the stat line of Devin Booker, mm-hmm. what were your thoughts? I I did not think he was even capable of, of, of putting up a triple-double. Like, I did, I had no idea. Like, that, that man literally was an offensive juggernaut. and. I, I knew it from the start. I was like, no Chris Paul or Chris Paul. They're going to win these first two games. Like, that's my feeling. Because that, that team is so locked in and so, like, well together. Or, like, you know, chemistry is, like, off the roofs for them. It's like, it doesn't matter, you know? Um, but, I mean, I think it's a Stu's Fest. Suns info. Just kidding. Maybe, like, five or six. But more <laughs> more so five. Um, I don't see them winning without Kawhi. Like, you need Kawhi for this series. And if he's not there, good luck. So there's talks that Kawhi's injury is not as significant as it was initially made out to be and that he could potentially return later on in the series, that it wasn't necessarily anything ACL, MCL, that it was hyperextended. But there's no there's no guarantee. Game and that's just um, <laughs> talks that I've been hearing. Um, aside from that, like, I mean, Chris Paul, I think, potentially is going to make a return for Game 2, which is just going to... Help the Suns even more. Devin Booker proved that, you know, he is mini Mamba. Like, he, he mm-hmm. can do it. Um, a lot of people were shocked by his his point guard skills. But yeah. if, if you recall, prior to this season, he was the primary point guard. <laughs> you know, he's <laughs> used to running point guard for this team. Um, yeah. I just quickly want to touch on the Clippers. I'm not going to lie. Like, shout-outs to, to Paul George for showing out, you mm-hmm. know, after – 
slow stars. Reggie Jackson, Bobby Shmurda. Like, where did this guy come from all of a sudden? Like, I don't understand. Also, it. I think that game was kind of winnable for them. No, I mean they were only down. Yeah, two they only points. lost by six. Then that then that late layup from Booker, you know, sealed the game. But I think they can easily right. win another game or two. For you know, yeah, I, yeah. we'll see. Yeah, but Suns are dominant. I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, it's doable. Um, I mean, it's, on paper, the Suns are a better team. I also feel like I'm not going to say he got lucky, but a lot of the shots that Book was hitting, they were very, very well contested. Where mm-hmm. it could have gone, you know, the other way. It's just he, his confidence was sky sky high, you know, through the roof. So I think that played a yes, an important role. Um, man, I, I'm just shocked by by Reggie Jackson because. I mean, you saw flashes of it when he was in OKC. Not so much when he was in Detroit. He disappeared in Detroit. And like his mm-hmm. first season with the Clippers, uh, on Bill Simmons' podcast this morning, they were talking about how he, uh, Kevin O'Connor ran uh, read a stat that he, Reggie Jackson is the most efficient one-on-one player in the league ahead of what? KD, Kyrie, <laughs> yeah. Like what? for 100 possessions or something like that. Like he, that's wild. He scores, yeah. I'm like, what? Like, since when? Where'd this guy come from, it's, man? It's the goggles, bro. Um, it's I think the goggles. I think so. <laughs> I really think he has Jarvis in there with him. Yeah. Um, I think they, I get, let him run point. You know, I think with Kawhi out, it's forcing Paul George and Reggie, I almost said Bobby, uh, Reggie Jackson. <laughs> To, to for you know to produce of course mm-hmm. it's, it's an added bonus when you have Kawhi there but you know let's see if he makes his return if he does he does I think it'll be an interesting series let me ask you about that one who do you have winning that one in how many games Suns and six how about you Suns and six I have uh, I'm gonna say Suns and seven Suns and seven Ooh, okay yeah so it's clear the Suns gonna make it to the finals like this is not a debate. I right? think so. I mean, I've been calling Suns for the last couple <laughs> couple mm-hmm. weeks now. You know? Okay. And jokingly, Let's I had see. the Hawks. But now it's like, it's legit now. <laughs> like, I think that, re- that will really happen. Um, I think we talked about it last time. It'll be the first, you know, b- before we wrap up here, it'll be the first time since 2006 that the NBA Finals did not feature Kobe, LeBron, or Steph Curry. Which is kind of fascinating. Mm-hmm. You're going back 15 years now. Yep. Um, this will also be the first time where potentially Paul George, Devin Booker, Giannis, or Trey Young could get their first ring. Out of those four, who do you want more to have a ring? Paul Chris Paul, right? Four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Chris Paul. Even though he's not one of the four. <laughs> oh what? <laughs> yeah. The the four that they were featuring was uh, Paul George, D Book, Giannis, oh, okay. and Trey Young. Yeah. But yeah, I want Chris, I want Chris to win it. Um, also before, before we wrap up, uh, I don't know if you saw, but like KD, he's committed to team USA. Mm-hmm. James Harden is committed to team USA. Um, Bam Adebayo is committed to team USA. Yeah. Which I'm not too happy about. I think Bam, <laughs> Bam should not do it. I think they, he should get snubbed again. Just like what happened to him in 2019 when he tried out for the team and Greg cut him, Greg Popovich cut him. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when Bam had his breakout season last year, and they go to the NBA oh Finals. Gosh. I think he needs that fire lit under him. Cut him again, <laughs> please. 
that about to be forty point Please. blowout wins for for that for that team, man. I'm telling you, I, I'm pumped to see them just play together. Like that's just fun to see, like players that aren't in, in oh, teammates for sure. play together. Like that's just fun for sure. Um, there was another question I wanted to ask you in regards to like potential scenarios for teams who uh, who need another piece. Like, what are their their probabilities going to be in making the playoffs next year? Who has the best chance? But I think we should save that for when Lawrence is back with us. Sure. Yeah. Um, let me ask you before we go, is there anything else you wanted to add? Anything you wanted to contribute? Anything I'll else? say one thing. I think that, that this playoffs is, is all about adjustments. Like, like we've seen coaches not make adjustments like Doc, like Steve Nash, and they've ultimately paid the price for that. You see Ty Lue make adjustments against the um, – the jazz and you know he's he's making moves and all that stuff so i think you know it's a mix of like injuries and also like coaching staff or coaching you know the way coaching has been done like you gotta adjust you can't like stick to your old you know what worked in the regular season like you gotta really make that proper choice to adjust that's all i got to say the only exception to that theory is budenholzer from the books because he never changes his ways <laughs> I think they that just got lucky. lucky with the Nets being injured. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because if Kyrie and and healthy Harden were playing, I think it'd be a very, very different story. <laughs> very different. But oh, I see your point, though. I see your point. <laughs> with that said, um, stay tuned for the next podcast that should be coming out uh, probably by next week. We're going to meet again next week. We're going to recap all the the conference finals games. Give you guys mm-hmm. updates on that, uh, other news when it breaks. But until then, you know, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, stay tuned, stay healthy. We'll catch you guys next time. This has been a Fuse Podcast original produced by yours truly, Nat, with music by Johnny C.